It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder fall in Utah in the first game back from the All-Star break. SGA comes up a bit short at the buzzer. What does this mean for the future of this team? We'll talk about it on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by BetterHelp, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder falling to the Utah Jazz in a critical game for the standings. What went right? What went wrong in this game, and where does it leave the Thunder in their first game back from the All-Star break? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. It is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide, and they have a special offer for my listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. Let's start. The way we always do with our game overview, thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you. Talking Thunder Basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms and on YouTube so you do not miss an episode. Game overview. Chet Holmgren out with a foot injury, obviously. Usman Jang out in the G League. Pokashevsky still out with that leg injury. For the Jazz, they do not have Colin Sexton in this game. The Thunder start SGA, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, and both Jalen Williamses. The Jazz start THT, Jordan Clarkson, Laurie Markkinen, Kelly Olenek and Walker Kessler. In this game, Laurie Markkinen was able to outduel SGA as they battle it out. And, and at the end of the day, Laurie Markkinen had a great game, as did SGA. And one of those guys had to lose. Like it, it was a back and forth game where neither team led by more than 10 points. And at the end of the day, there's just a team that's going to have to lose at the buzzer. And for the Thunder, it was them. SGA went off for 39 points. He dished out seven assists. He collected eight rebounds. He had two steals, a block, went 0 for 2 from 3, 15 for 19 from the line, and 46% from the floor. He had his final shot bank out, and that's a shot that would have won the game. That's a shot that he hits more often than not. He played 40 minutes, and if I told you, hey, entering this game, the Thunder have the 10th seed. They need to hold off the Jazz for that 10th seed. They need to cling to this playoff position. 
And in this first game back from the All-Star break, I'm going to give you the shot of SGA at the buzzer. Everyone would sign up for that. Everyone would sign up for, hey, give me the shot to have SGA with the ball in his hand at the buzzer. It just so happened to rim out this time. And more often than not, I think that that will rim in for, for OKC and for SGA, as we've seen so far this year, with a couple of buzzer beater wins. He plays 40 minutes, and he still played a phenomenal game. Just because that last shot didn't bank home uh, doesn't take away from how good he played. And in this game, he displayed so many great skills. And the biggest skill that kind of popped was his pace in transition, his ability to speed up defenders while he's not sped up at all. Uh, you know, he, he's out running in transition. And then around the dotted lines, he's able to just slow himself down, which the defense can't slow down quite as, as quickly. So they're going to come flying to the stanchion while SGA is just now through restricted area and can just lay it in with ease. I, I think that you see his pace create so many open looks for himself, especially against a team that has length, that has shot blockers, that has the ability to pack the paint. He's got to get creative on how to still score at the rim. He did that in this game. It took a little bit of adjustment period. The first five or so minutes of this game were clunky offensively. They didn't really have a half-court rhythm. They couldn't really get into anything offensively. And the Jazz were being physical with SGA, and he was trying to figure out how to score at the rim. He did that mostly in transition. But as the game went on, you saw him be able to do that also in the half-court. And a lot of that is thanks to his mid-range game. Like he uses his pivot so well to free up space in the mid-range because eventually, as he just keeps spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning around, he's going to find a crease to get that shot off. Not to mention, the shot that has just become synonymous with SGA is him just sprinting down the floor and then stopping on a dime at the elbow and knocking it down in the mid-range. A shot that's familiar to another Thunder uh, superstar point guard once upon a time. In this game, he uses pump fakes very well to get Walker Kessler off a spot. He understands that Walker Kessler's a guy that's going to chase blocks. That was the ML on him in college as well. Of like he, he gets high block numbers, but he also chases blocks to where sometimes it can put you out of position. Blocks, by and large, are like risk versus reward, and, and sometimes you rack up six blocks in a game. Sometimes you over-pursue and only get two and uh, give up some open looks. And, and in this game, SGA did the best he could at trying to bait Kessler in the air and free up an area to shoot. I think that also the the whole post game that you see from SGA continues to evolve. Like even in this one, he had a, he had an opportunity where he was backing his defender down. I believe it was THT on the low block, just backing him down, backing him down, backing him down, and eventually just rips through his arm and gets the end one bucket, and, and that really helped turn the tide in this one on the offensive end. But perhaps the best move he made all night was along the lines of that pivoting mid range, but it, it, it's where he kind of. Ball fakes once in the air, you know, gets his defender up uh, and then steps through the next defender and just turns a shot fake into a step through jumper, which is something that we've seen all too well from him in this game. But him and Laurie Markin duked it out as, as the two guys who are the favorites to win most improved player. I think that it will go to Laurie Markin, but the Thunder and SGA, of course, have a strong case for why it should be SGA. Uh, that's the most improved player. But Laurie Markin did his thing 43 points, 10 rebounds, two assists. 10 for 10 at the free throw line, 3 of 12 at the three-point line, 53% from the floor, and the Jazz win 120 to 119. Now, we're going to talk about how the Thunder lost this game. We're going to talk about what this loss means for OKC moving forward, as well as get into who played good, who didn't play so good, and what the Thunder had to do to kind of regroup from here. But 
this was a classic game that you that you want to appreciate how fun it was in the moment, and you want to and you don't want to take um, you don't want to lose the forest through the trees, so to say. Do not take for granted or or forget just how good SGA played in this one. Like he was the source of offense. He was really the only guy who had it going offensively. Kenny Hustle played well. Jay Will played well. We're going to talk about them, especially coming up. But like overall offensively, the only person who could consistently create and generate offense was SGA. And we we would look back on this as a as a monumental game for him if that final shot at the buzzer just banked home instead of rimming out. So we can still look at it that way. We don't have to play the results of what happened. In this game, no one else had offensive creation. No one else had that scoring ability to break the dry spell, except for SGA. He was there with the answers each and every time. And again, had that buzzer beater gone in, I think that this game is, is gonna would be moved up the pantheon of SGA games to this point in his career. So allow him to still get that recognition for the game he played here. And Larry Markkinen deserves a ton of credit. Like Larry Markkinen is a is the reason I think why the Jazz won this game. I think by and large, uh, thanks to SGA, the Thunder outplayed the Jazz for a large chunk of this one. But Larry Markkinen would not be denied. He's there. He's their All Star. He's their uh, SGA equivalent. Uh, of course, not having the thirty point per game season like SGA is, but still, he's their version of their all-star that leads their team, and he was able to have a really great game with 43 points and 10 rebounds. Like He also impacted this in a big way. And you just saw two all-stars duking out, and sometimes you're on the wrong end of it. But how else did the Thunder lose this game? We'll talk about that and how the Thunder pivot from here all coming up. But first, I want to say right now, better good friends over at BetterHelp. Right now, this show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go to BetterHelp.com. Dot com slash locked on in B A and get yourself uh, feeling your best self at betterhelp.com slash locked on in B A. When you're at your best, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up the way that you want to. You can be working through this with a therapist that can help you get closer to the best version of yourself because you want to feel empowered whenever you do, you can be prepared to take on anything that life throws at you. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get started, and you can get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime with no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on today. To get 10% off of your first month, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. To get started today at BetterHelp.com and get 10% off of your first month. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you. Talking Thunder Basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. And we'll be back again tonight to recap the game against the Suns uh, on ESPN. But how did the Thunder lose this game against Utah? The Thunder were up by nine points, you know, entering the third quarter, and that's that should be their quarter. And and, and they and they found a way to grow that to like a ten point lead, uh, of course, and eventually did lead by ten. But the Thunder then fell one twenty to one nineteen, and the Jazz only eight, were able to grow eight point lead at one point. That was their largest lead of the night. This game saw seven lead changes, six times tied. The big thing in this one was that the Thunder did not dominate the third quarter. Like th- that was it. They'd had a really good second quarter, but they lost the third quarter by one, and the Jazz won the fourth quarter by eight points, and that was all she wrote. Had the Thunder came out of the locker room with their typical MO of dominating that third quarter, which is typically their best frame of the season and has been all year long, uh, they win this game. Uh, And while that sounds overly critical or like expecting them to be perfect, this, the, the margin for error is so thin in these games that if you're, if you do not play up to your standard each and every night, you're going to lose. Like this team does not have the luxury of, of being able to mess up in certain areas and still win. Like Boston, for example, today against Indiana did not play a great game. They did not play up to their standards. They did not play um, up to their ability, but they are so good. They're so battle tested. They're so talented that they could overcome it and they could be Indiana still. Uh, for a young team like the Thunder, the, the youngest team in the NBA, the second youngest team in, the NBA, in NBA history, if you play outside of yourself for even just a little bit of time, you're going to get beat. And, and that's part of the learning learning experience. It's part of the growing experiences for OKC. But they fall 121-19. The Jazz were a plus four on the glass. Uh, the Jazz created, the Jazz turned the ball over 21 times. The Thunder got 21 turnovers uh, to OKC's 10. The Thunder were a plus 11 in the turnover category, and still lost this game by one point. The Thunder won points in the paint, 62-56. to The Thunder lost fast break points by one. They lost second chance points by three. The Thunder shot 40-21-77. The Jazz shot better in all categories, 42-27-85. And the Jazz narrowly escaped in OT. I think that it's, it's arguable that the Thunder were the better team for the majority of this game, but they just could not close out the contest. And that's just the way the basketball works sometimes. And afterward, uh, uh, Mark Degnan of, of uh, the Thunder, of course, head coach, told Joe out of the Oklahoma and that the locker room was disappointed. And that's a good thing because it means that we are invested in this game. That's what he said after the game. And I agree. I, I think that, you know, when we talk about this season, it's easy to sit here and try to keep things in perspective and uh, try to talk about how house money this season is and, and try to temper everything. It's okay to get excited about this team. It's okay to get excited about this game. It's, ex- it's okay to get excited about wanting to win and then disappointed in turn when things don't turn out that way. It's okay to invest in this team. These are the same guys you're going to be investing in next year. These are the same guys that you're going to be investing in in five years from now. Like This is the team that you're going to get behind eventually. You can get behind them right now and just not take it to that nth degree. You can be disappointed today at your water cooler, you know, at the office today, while also putting into perspective later on, hey, you know, it doesn't really matter because they're going to get Chet Holmgren back. Even if they don't make the playoffs this year, they're going to get a good lottery pick and they're going to bolster this roster and all those other crutches that you can fall on to protect yourself later on. But in the here and now and in the moment, it's okay 
to say, gosh, you know, I wish they could have gotten that game. I, I really enjoyed watching this team win. I really enjoyed watching this team kind of go on a run and stick it to the national media and, and, and make a play and run. Like, it's okay to want those things without jumping off of the deep end or without you being the crazy one. And so when you ask yourself what comes next, look, it, it's still the same scenario. And I, and I think that we are still viewing this as a football season where, like, each and every game is altering our brain chemistry of like, had the Thunder won this game, it'd be caution to the win play in time. And since the Thunder just didn't have their last shot rim end of the game, now all of a sudden it's doom and gloom tanking time. It, it's none of that. The Thunder are a half game out of the play in. They play the Jazz three more times. If they win all three games against the Jazz, they flip this thing upside down. They have the tiebreaker over Utah. Yes, the Thunder do have a brutal back to back, and now they're going to fly to Phoenix, but they're the youngest team in the NBA. They're coming off of a week off, uh, you know, as a team, and they've shown in this spot to be very impressive. You know, in a spot where there's no shot that they can win, this, the deck stacked against them. You're playing on national television. You just lost a game the night before. They've shown the rise to the occasion. See, a couple weeks ago, whenever they were embarrassed by the Golden State Warriors in Golden State, they go over to LA to play the Lakers on a record-setting night for LeBron. And they win that game and spoil that historic moment. This young team has been able to show up big in spots like this. So just because SGA's buzzer beater did not bank in doesn't mean the whole thing is derailed. It does mean that this season will be defined within the next six games. We've been kicking the can down the road and down the road and down the road of when this season will take shape. It's here. These six games, if the Thunder, however the Thunder navigate these six games at Phoenix tonight, and then a home stretch of Kings, Kings, Lakers, Jazz, Jazz. However that gets sorted out is how this season will move forward. If you're still in the play-in hunt after that stretch, well, then you're in the play-in hunt for the rest of the season, and we can stop kind of having these reservations. If you're in the play-in after that stretch, you're really, really cooking. And if you go through this stretch and you lose to the Suns tonight, who are, who are a title contender, and you lose to the Kings a couple of times in the Paycom Center, who are a top three seed in the West. And then you lose to the Jazz twice and lose to the Lakers three play-in proponents. Well, then okay. Then, then you pack it in and you move forward for the lottery. And you and you say, well, this was a very fun season while it lasted. And, and you move forward to draft lottery and draft preparation. And, and you just think about how you can bolster this roster. Either way, it's a house money season. And it's okay to feel the emotions of these seasons. But that emotion does not mean that the season is over because of one tough loss in overtime in Utah. Because on that same token, what we just talked about, what if you win in Phoenix? What if you split against the Kings and then sweep the Jazz and beat the Lakers? Well, then your season is flipped on its head in the next six games. And you keep flipping your season on your head in the next six games, you're going to run out of games. right? You're going you're to run out of games. So if you keep, if you keep overachieving six games at a time, you run out of games pretty quickly whenever there's only 24 left. So that's what's up to come for OKC. And, and as we just laid out, everything is still in front of this team, as we did on yesterday's show and now again on today's show. Nothing really changes based upon this one game. Now, this is going to be a key developmental point for OKC as we talk about this season being so important for development. That's not just throwing Trey Mann out there for 20 minutes. That's not development. Development is things like tonight. This team just had a gut punch, and arguably the biggest gut punch that this group has ever suffered of everyone understood, hey, coming out of the break, we're in control of a playoff spot. SGA said after the All-Star game to me that they need every game. 
J-Dub talked about how you know they want to surprise and, and, and make the plane and surprise the world. They just got punched in the mouth. For the first time ever, they let themselves get excited about, you know, kind of making this run. They got punched in the mouth. They talked about how, how hard it was to take in the locker room after the game from Mark to SGA saying the same thing uh, later on uh, in the night. How do you respond? Do you let one loss turn into two, turn into three, and then you have to learn from that? Or do you learn the lesson from tonight's game and you stop this kind of skid right here in Phoenix in a, in a stand-up in a big way and, and win a big road game uh, at the walking stick, whatever the arena is called in Phoenix nowadays, uh, and get a big win over the Suns. This is part of the developmental process. And no matter which way it goes, if it's a big win tonight or a loss tonight against the Suns, either way, it is not an indictment on the long-term future of the Thunder. It's just a, it's just a measuring stick and a developmental data point for the here and now. This is still a very fun season. This is going to still end in a very fun way. You should still be very excited about the future of this team, no matter what they do. Like if this team, if this team never wins another game the rest of the year, it's still incredibly exciting for the future of this Thunder team. If this team wins every game from now until the end of the year, it is still incredibly exciting for the rest of this Thunder team and, and, and the Thunder seasons of next year and the year after and the year after. Either way, it's awesome. Do not forget that. We'll talk Jay Will. We'll talk Kenny Hustle, who are also awesome in this game. We'll talk Josh Giddy and Lou Dort to round out the show all coming up. But first, I want to tell you right now about Nissan. And it's that time. Again, it's time for the Nissan's most electric player of the week. It's brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. You can see pretty easily who the electric player of the week is going to be for the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Lockdown Thunder podcast this week, it's going to be SGA, who is elegantly powerful, just like the Nissan Aria, because while he is able to score at the rim, he doesn't do it entirely by bruising, but is still able to utilize that post move that we talked about earlier, where he's ripping through defenders and absorbing contact and then finishing at the rim. It's elegant, but powerful. It is brilliantly fierce. He's a fierce competitor and an electrifying player, just like the Nissan Aria. So check it out today uh, by going to the 2023 Nissan Aria, which packs a punch uh, and a pin to your seat power with a premium intelligence all-in-one EV. It is all new, all electric, uh, the 2023 Nissan Aria. Shop now at NissanUSA.com, the EV for people who love to drive. Check it out today and check out SGA, who could be in line for another Western Conference Player of the Week as long as he closes out tonight against the Suns and Sunday against the Kings in a very high fashion. So, check it out today at NissanUSA.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your second listen, check out the Game to Game Podcast for the NBA show and the Lockdown NBA feed, which is delivering you a recap from the night before in the association in 15 minutes or less. 
So make sure you check them out over there. Let's talk about Jay Will in this one. He was awesome. 11 points, 6 rebounds, a block, 3 for 4 shooting from 3, and 57% from the floor. Uh, That was a great game from Jay Will. Kenny Hustle also played great. Uh, He was 1 for 1 in the mid-range, which is he's having a career year right now in the mid-range shooting as well for Kenny Hustle. 7 for 10 from the floor, 70%. 2 for 4 from 3, 50%. Uh, four rebounds, three assists, 16 points. And he actually had some very tough rim finishes. I, I think that that got undersold a bit in this game. And timely, timely buckets. Kenny Hustle has sneakily had a lot of key moments, uh, especially shooting the three ball. Like in this game, he put OKC up by three with two minutes left of the clutch three. Now, the Thunder, of course, didn't hold on to that, uh, but he was able to do it in this game. The big question from this game is Josh Giddy's output and the question of, uh, can he just be more effective? And, and maybe if he was more effective with the Thunder of won this game, he played in 38 minutes. He scored 18 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, 3 turnovers, went 2 for 3 from the line, 0 for 5 from 3. Um, when you really break down his his shooting, 0 for 5 from 3, you just kind of live with that at that point. Like, like he, he's gotten better from a three-point shooting standpoint, but you understand he's going to miss a lot of threes still. Uh, he missed 10 shots inside the arc, and of those 10 shots, he missed five floaters, which is an extraordinarily high number. Usually, he'll make more than he misses. He got blocked by Walker Kessler once. Uh, he missed you know a, a couple of putbacks where it's just tip-ins that, that sometimes they roll in, sometimes they roll out, and there's not much science to it. There is some, but there's not much uh, by and large, but this was just an off game from Josh Giddy, who still found the way to be impactful, but yeah, he needs to be more efficient overall. Uh, Lou Dort, kind of in that same boat. 0 for 4 from uh, 3, only shot 28% from the floor, but scored 11 points with 11 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal, and a block. Uh, he still uh, played really good defense. He still made an impact by getting 11 rebounds, uh, but just could not find the bottom of the net. And and before the injury, he was shooting very well from three and had really turned a corner from his three-point shooting. These last couple of games has been not so good from distance, but those things are subject to fluctuate pretty quickly. And lastly, Jada. Uh, Jada, 40% from the floor, six rebounds, two assists, a steal, nine points. He used his length for that scoop layup to really uh, help incorporate some offensive generation against a really lengthy Jazz team. Uh, he had a good attack in this one. That's been a big thing for OKC to see from their rookie of uh, Mark talking about it, about how that they need to see him be more aggressive, need to see him be more assertive in the offensive game. I thought that this was one of his better games of being aggressive and trying to generate his own offense and trying to generate his own looks and not necessarily waiting around until he gets the wide open look and going and trying to find the crease. Uh, it resulted in shooting 40% and, and scoring nine points. But like, I think that it's really, really good for him to start to try to look to generate his own offense. One for four from three. And something that I've talked about before with him and, and even asked him about is just how good he is at putbacks. He had one tip-in putback and then one massive slam putback. Uh, Synergy ranks him in the excellent percentile in putbacks. The last time I, that I checked, and, and this game will go a long way in getting him back up there. So uh, J-Dub played well. Uh, I would be... Curious to know if he felt like he was any better prepared for the altitude today than he was at Rising Stars. He said at the Rising Stars game afterward that uh, that the altitude really messed with him and he couldn't catch his breath for the first quarter. And uh, you can go listen to that interview on the Lockdown Thunder YouTube page. Uh, but 
I wonder if, if that helped him at all. And if, if he felt any differently today at Vivint arena. So that's the game, the thunderfall to the jazz and a tough one uh, for the standings. The MVP of the contest is SGA for the thunder for the jazz. Of course, it's Laurie marketing and coming up, we'll talk about the thunder and sons contest, which will happen tonight on ESPN we'll recap that game on Friday night after the contest is over. So stay tuned for that. Subscribe across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. Comment down below what you think of this game against the Utah Jazz and what you're looking to see tonight against the Kevin Durantless Suns. Can the Thunder get back on track? We'll see. Subscribe on YouTube, Locked on Thunder, and any other podcasting platform, and follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.